0: Hi everyone, so this is Izzy Bianco speaking, and this is my podcast on my September independent reading book for AP Language and Composition. The book I had selected to read was the Pulitzer Prize winning novel, All the Light We Cannot See, written by Anthony Doerr. In my podcast today, I will just be freely talking about some of the things that I found unique about this book, but also some of the things I did not like about this book, so let's get started. First, this book is definitely all about deeper meanings, I would say. Things you can't just see with the naked eye, which I think is an important factor to think about before you pick up this book to read it for the first time. I now just wanted to give a short summary about the book, so if you haven't read it, you sort of understand the plot. So, All the Light We Cannot See tells the story of two children and their lives leading up to the war, and even their lives after the war. There is Mary-Laurie LeBlanc, a resilient French girl who loses her eyesight at the age of six. She is fascinated with nature, science, and the ocean. Her loving father, the chief locksmith for the Museum of Natural History in Paris, continuously designs her intricate puzzle boxes and gives them to her on her birthdays to solve. He also builds replicas of the neighborhoods that she lives in for her to explore and learn by heart because she is blind. Later in the story, her father becomes imprisoned in a German work camp and is sort of taken out of the narrative. Another important character in the novel is Werner Pefnig, a German orphan who has a special talent for building and constructing radios. Because of this skill, he is awarded a spot in an elite Nazi training school. Over the course of his what you can call an anti-education, you can, and you can name his education this because of the blindness that the Nazis bestow upon Werner, and the ways of persuasion that they cast upon him. Werner goes on to design and perfect a system for triangulating enemy transmissions. This specialty he possesses eventually brings him to St. Malo, where mary Laure is living with her uncle Etienne, who is at the time working for the resistance movement against the Nazis that are occupying France. The author also includes the point of view of Nazi diamond appraiser by the name of Sergeant Major Reinhold von Rumpel. There is a rare stone that he is trying to track down called the Sea of Flames. So that is my plot summary of All the Light We Cannot See, written again by Anthony Dorr. So I think where I want to start talking about is how Anthony Doerr structured the writing of this book um, because it is severely complex. So the chapters are quite short and they jump around chronologically throughout the book. Um, I think that you can say that the book is constructed like a house within a house because the book runs chronologically except it is intercepted by the last day or two constantly. So it's like the close of the book is spread out throughout the book as this couple of very intense days. And the main action of the book, which is the single day in August 1944, is being parsed out throughout the bits and hours throughout the book. And for me, it was hard to figure out at first when reading, but then I started to understand how it was like a little house within another house that you have to figure out and properly solve. And how this book is structured can be related back to the idea of how Daniel, Mary Lurie's father, builds her the structure of the town in which they live. Um, He does this so his daughter knows the ins and outs of the town and how to figure her way around since she's blind. And he goes on to hide the precious stone, which is the sea of flames, in one of the tiny houses in the model. And the tiny house wound up being their house in the model. So you can see how the book is a house within itself. Just like the stone is in a tiny house and the tiny house is Mary Louise's actual home. So to move on a little from... That, something else when reading this book, I kind of kept asking myself was, what was the point of having everything spread out throughout the book just to come together emotionally and physically in the end? Um, But after finishing this book, I think you can finally see that Dor, the author, overall just wanted to build suspense with the reader and to make the book more captivating and interesting. And personally, by him writing a book like this, it propelled me forward through the book and it made me not want to put the book down and just keep reading to find out what happens next. Also, I think something else to point out which is very interesting that I found was how the author set up the lengths of these chapters. The chapters were set up into short bursts and scenes and there weren't many drawn out and long chapters. It was more like a short it was more like short moments and then you moved on to the next thing or the next point of view in the book. And I don't think any of these things hurt the book in my opinion, but I definitely don't see why they were necessary in the book to be written in that way. Um, I can definitely see though how short chapters built suspense throughout the book and it did leave cliffhangers because that's how it definitely felt for me personally as a reader and because the more chapters you have the more cliffhangers you're going to have naturally in a book. Now also talking about the chronological order of the book I can see how it was necessary to have small things that could connect to each other in the end to make the bigger picture of the story and this message has made more sense to me overall because it allowed readers to see the overall connection and all the characters coming together at the end of the book and to be able to look back and see all those small details throughout the book and how they tie together in the end which was really cool to see. I think another thing that is interesting to note involves the two characters specifically Warner. I think the author decided to include include a character like him which he was a Nazi German because it does show how It does show that Germans also suffered during the wartime and that there were good people caught up in the horrors of Nazism, like Werner, and they have no control over their participation in the matter. And I also like the fact how the author built up the story between Werner and Mary LeRae, because when they finally met in the book face to face, it it was a very sentimental moment for readers to see because they spent so much time of the book apart in two different places, and they were finally able to come together and share a special moment together. And I think it also shows how Germans can help French. And this opens up a question about if it occurred more in the war that wasn't talking talked about, meaning Germans helping French people, so on and so forth. And it is also interesting how things such as the Holocaust are never mentioned by the author in this book, when that was probably one of the biggest events in the entire war that occurred. and. I thought to myself maybe the author didn't want this book to even be counted or thought of as a holocaust literature literature and how that might not have been a good move to make since it was taking place in world war um one and two and the holocaust wasn't even mentioned i think it's very interesting also how the two stories intersect and i think that nearness is almost like a moral neatness that wants to be a book about world war Two and the various heroisms that people on both sides demonstrated and the nobility like that It that is tragedy corrupted in one case and shines through in another case but it didn't want to be just about the object of horror of the war of what was happening in the war camps but there was something about the hopelessness that left a bad feeling in me i don't really know how else to explain it but I also kind of wanted the author to make Warner kind of have a reckoning as a character, and that never really occurs for him in the book like it does for Mary Larie. and Anthony Doerr the author does give him a story of himself at the beginning of the novel and how he is an orphan and how he gets the opportunities to go to a Nazi workplace and get out of the coal mining industry that he would have been forced to go in, go he would have been forced to go into. As a reader, um, you are kind of following him along in his journey throughout the book as he goes through these events and then he's faced with moral dilemmas that are kind of predictable to the book I feel and also the author mentions his sister but never really goes too much into depth upon her when I feel like she could have been more involved in a more important role throughout the book and she almost seems as a sort of background character when you get about halfway through the book and they slowly stop mentioning her. and. Warner had many moral voices, but it was never quite shown how these voices had an overall impact on his character, really, in the book, and the author only kind of shows his spark of love at the end of the novel, really. And finally, I think for this podcast, I think something important that I thought about was how the author decided to discuss a stone during the book about World War II, and in some ways this book is about realism and in some ways not fairy tale. and yet the stone is a fantastical, and it made me, again sort of worried that I was enjoying the book that was letting me off the hook of the darkness presented in the book meaning the war um because i by having this delight of delightful fairy tale in the middle of it that seems to be controlling everyone's fate and destiny and doesn't make some of the characters personally responsible for some of the characters actions in the book and maybe the author just wanted to show how maybe just maybe the author wanted to show how the stone sort of let characters like warner off the hook for their wrongdoings in the book but maybe not and on the other hand mary larie represents someone who does make choices and she cuts against that again with her speech at the end of the book i feel when she says that she was born this way meaning blind and everyone keeps calling her brave for her part in the resistance in france with her and her uncle that are involved in but she she is doing quite risky things at the time when the town is being watched because she's carrying secret messages back and forth and delivering them to her uncle. Um, Mary Larie thought, um, the, Mary Larie though refuses to say she's quote brave because she says, she quote has no choice because she is not brave because she just has to wake up every, every moment and just live her life like she does every day anyway. So yeah, and... So well overall, I enjoyed reading this incredible Pulitzer Prize masterpiece written by Anthony Doerr, where he exemplified many different themes as long as um, as long as different lessons that I as a reader was able to take away after reading this book. And I definitely recommend this book to anyone who enjoys reading historical fiction or a little bit of fantastical because that is involved um, in the book and specifically World War stories. Um, thank you again for listening.